Hey, how's everybody doing today on this beautiful 26th, I believe it's 26th of March, on Sunday, the first day of the week, not the seventh day of the week like it was ordered to us to rest on. Uh, it's been an interesting week for me. I've had uh, several very interesting things occur, um, both on the road and in court, and I'll be getting into that a little bit later in the call. Uh, like I've said before, and we've said many times prior, you know, uh, this call is not a place to search out legal advice. Um, if you want legal advice, um, good luck finding somebody that can give it to you. That's all I have to say about that. But anyway, you know, one of the main things that we try and center around, uh, whether it's in a group or on these calls, is learning where we're really from, where we really are, and learning who we really are. And, you know, to me, that has been one of the biggest problems uh, here on the land is that you see all the, these struggles uh, we hear about kids having problems with, like, identity crisis and things like that. And this all stems right from the very beginning when the child is born. You know, they're, they're given a name. They're given a religion. Uh, they're even now trying to claim, oh, they're giving them a sex, you know. But... It, and giving them a national, all these things, and then making them defend those positions the rest of their life, you know. It really shouldn't be too difficult to defend your sex. I'm not going to get into that one. But as far as those other things go, all those other things are nothing but uh, fictional labels, fictional titles that they go and stick on the child, and, and they stick on people. And everybody seems to have this need to feel that they belong. And that's one of the biggest things that's used to divide and conquer and that's used against the family and that's used against the people is the fact that everybody needs to belong to something they have that inherent feeling within them and so they're mostly just given that group from birth that they're going to belong to you know and then amongst that group and in in that type of society from that group they're told oh, this other group here is bad for this reason, or this other group over here is bad for that reason, uh, whether it's a group based on religion or whether it's a group based on race. I mean, and it's all BS. It's all just complete BS. And, you know, we're going to get down today into the heart of the matter a little bit more and uh, things happening within the corporation and things hopefully that we can do about it that we can better solidify our position. Because until we have a strong base, until we have a very strong, strong foundation, whatever our life is that's built upon that foundation is going to be weak. That's not a strong base. It's got to be a strong base. And it's got to be a base based on fact and reality and not on some uh, fictional legal entity that's been handed to us and said, here, you're going to wear this hat the rest of your life. That's not the way it's supposed to work, and it's not the way it has to work. And the sooner people learn that, the easier life can start being for them. Um, our guest tonight on the Matrexit discussion group, uh, brought to you from Tackle Sovereignty, is goes by Saab Amer on Facebook. I don't know if... Um, 
he goes by just Sovereign in real life, or what he prefers to be called, but let me bring him on, and how are you doing tonight? Hey, doing great today, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Hope things are going well with you and everyone in your audience. Yes, yep, things are going, like I said, pretty interesting for me, and um, it things that happened to me this week are probably going to relate to some of the things that we talk about this evening, so um, I guess I'm going to hand it to you to... Uh, let you lead us in the direction you're planning on heading in today. All right, sounds great. Thank you very much. I guess I'd like to just take a moment to say a little prayer, just a little word, if that's all right with everyone. And it's just simply this. Oh, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Brian, I'd just like to thank you again for requesting me to come on your broadcast. And there are a lot of people that are standing up in America. As you know, we have a lot out in uh, Nevada and Oregon that have been political prisoners. Not to uh, forget and mention Ed and Elaine Brown, who were thrown in prison quite a few years ago, probably over 10 years ago. And Erwin Shift, I think, who passed away about a year ago. A lot of Americans have been standing. We owe contribute to them and all of their efforts. And even on Facebook, you've got Laz and Josh, Lee, Chalice, uh, the homes going through their problems uh, with the government stealing their kids down there in Alabama, I believe. I want to thank Steve B. out in Colorado, who's been standing for a lot of years and keeping people on track, as well as an attorney, Larry Beecraft, up in Huntsville, Alabama, I believe, who've been trying to keep people from stepping in potholes and stuff. doing different solutions that end up getting people tossed into jail. Uh, For my part, uh, I think I fairly much understand a lot of what people are trying to do to establish essentially their sovereignty uh, or fix problems. They're going by UUC code, rules, regulations, which most of you know now are not law, but only color of law. Uh, For me, I kind of start out with the uh, Ten Commandments, followed by the unanimous declaration of the 13 colonies of the United States, otherwise known as Declaration of Independence, followed by the Bill of Rights, which are self-executing and supported by the Constitution. Why do I do that? Because that is where the law points you as being the core of all the law in America. So I did a lot of research and years ago thought, I was obviously the problem and found it out like uh, a lot of you probably have is that we aren't necessarily the problem. When we go to courts and everything else, it's very difficult and you're lucky or whatever to find a judge that even complies with the law that they take an oath of office to. And I think uh, probably most people on the call understand or agree with that by now. Uh, A couple of things, I'll just go through some quotes and all I've put down. As far as our core, one is with James Madison. It says, we have, and a lot of people said that the uh, United States wasn't founded on Christianity or the Bible or anything else like that, and everybody's welcome to their own opinion. But James Madison said, we have staked the whole of our political institutions upon the capacity of mankind for self-government, upon the capacity of each of us to govern ourselves, to control ourselves, 
to sustain ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. I won't interpret that. That says what it says. Uh, Congress has placed the Declaration of Independence at the head of the United States Code. That's another reason I go by there. Under the caption of the Organic Laws of the United States of America. And I can give you the code for that if you wanted it. It's in 1982. You can look it up. The Supreme Court has accorded it, the Declaration of Independence, binding and legal force. And that's Ingalls uh, versus Trustees of Sailors, uh, Hung Harbor, 1830. So you can look that up as well. For me, after reading the law, and a lot of you, and Brian, I think, probably is included on this, if you had to, my question to myself was, if you had to throw a dart, what's the bullseye? I don't know. So I looked it up, and basically what kind of comes up is that it is the sovereignty of the individual. The second piece to the puzzle, if you are the sovereign, what kind of rules govern that? And the basic rule is the rules, the rights of the whole of all the people are no more than the combined rights of the individual. Well, there is case law and rulings that back that up. Then I'll get back, I'll just go with the sovereignty of the individual. And here's the question that you need to answer for yourself. And Brian, I'll wear he has for himself. Are you the sovereign or are you the citizen? At the revolution, the sovereignty devolved on the people. Remembering that at the writing of the Declaration of Independence, the people was both singular and plural. And that they, the individual, are truly the sovereigns of the country. But they are sovereigns without subjects, with none to govern but themselves. The citizens of America are equal as fellow citizens in its joint tenancy, tenants and sovereignty. Uh, I have and bought a letter, I won't get into all of it, that was written by Jefferson Davis. As some of you will recall, he was a fresh, well, he was a president of the Confederacy. He was also a senator, um, you know, in Congress until the outbreak of the law, uh, of the war. And I will just read portions of a letter that he wrote that I own. And I think it should stand up there along with the Declaration of Independence. And basically, uh, he was written a letter asking him a question said, uh, pertaining to a letter he had written because he wrote or articles to the newspaper. And what it says, a copy of the free trader containing the communications which criticizes the positions on a particular page, whatever. And uh, on the page in your correspondence refers to, is written thus, according to the American theory, every individual is endowed with certain unalienable rights. Excuse me, unalienable rights, not unalienable, but unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as we all know. The rights of this proposed could only be unalienable because of the inherent individual sovereignty. So he's saying right there, it's the individual who's the sovereign. It's not the state or the government. And he expounds on that a little further down. The members, by entering the community, meaning a government or a state, or in this case, a political system, 
do not alienate their natural rights, meaning your natural unalienable rights, but combine for the greater security of them. Well, what happens in our case when we have a despotic government, and I presume you know what that is, who no longer protects your rights, your liberties, or in this case, as Andrew Drew Napolitano wrote a book called Constitutional Chaos, what happens when the government no longer adheres to its own laws? Well, in some pieces, there is no law. So if there is no law, what happens? For me, for one, I declared what law I go by. Number one, I go by the Ten Commandments, and then I back that up by the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, as supported and defended and protected by the Constitution. As most of you have learned after years or looking at it, the Constitution does not give you rights. You already have them. They're all natural and unalienable rights. All it does is protect you by putting limitations on the states and the government entities created by that Constitution. Going on with Jefferson's Davis letter, he said, sovereignty, individuality, and indefensible remains in the people. Remember in the Declaration of Independence, people are both singular and plural. So again, he's saying that the sovereignty resides in the individual. The Bill of Rights is a barrier over which officials cannot pass. And as you know or should know, the Bill of Rights is what the law calls self-executing. You do not have to argue it. The First Amendment, Second Amendment, any of the amendments, including the Ninth and Tenth, which few people talk about, more talking about the Ninth Amendment over the last couple of years, but still fewer talking about the Tenth Amendment. And all of these Bill of Rights are self-executing. And that is why I have stood for years up on the Ninth and Tenth Amendment, retaining, not reserving people. The Ninth Amendment talks about retaining your rights. Why? Because they preexisted the Constitution, the, the establishment of this country, and the governance that is, is supposed to be adhering to the Constitution. So forget reserving your rights. Reserve if you're a corporation or an entity created by the state. Otherwise, you take the rights. And then the Tenth Amendment, where you reserve all your powers. And the, why is it the Tenth instead of the Ninth? Because you gotta have to have the rights before you have the powers. So if you reserve all rights, where does the state assume or presume its rights that pre-exist or circumvent your rights? There are none. And that's the whole thing about the sovereignty of the individual. And then the powers. Once you retain all of your rights and you reserve all of your powers, what rights do you, does a state or even a federal or other entity have to come against you? They do not. And in doing that, the only duty which they say is your right in the Declaration of Independence if you are so moved, and as the Declaration of Independence says, it should not be done lightly, but when the government becomes so despotic, it's not only your right, but it is your duty to throw off that government. Why? In order to, once again, secure your liberties, 
and your property and your rights. And as the law states, as you so have rights in your property, you have property in your rights. So that's why I stand on the sovereignty of the individual. To that end, there are quite a few things I have done. And, you know, everybody's looking for solutions, what documents to fill out. Well, according to the law, it's not required for you to do anything. And I'll get down to that a little bit. I guess I, well, let me back up just a minute here. We have several documents right here. That's at the, uh, excuse me, the wrong ones, but anyway, at the city, county, and state level where the government officials have identified and confirmed that I am a sovereign individual and that is my only lawful legal status. And that is what I took down to the United Nations and to several other countries, and they have acknowledged. And that when I did this, not only did I do it, but what I put in at the end of it, this document or these documents is recorded in the county public records for all individuals so similarly situated. And that may be you. That's up to you to decide. So going on with Jefferson's Davis letter, he said there are basically three mischievous errors that are made. So think about these. The first one is, that our governments are sovereign. So it's an error. What's he telling you? The government is not the sovereign. And the law tells you that as well. That's why I want to point these out. The second is that the Constitution of the U.S. is the creation of the people en masse instead of a compact between the states. He is telling you, again, they presume that the Constitution comes from the people. It did not. It came from the states. Well, one thing about that you need to remember or think about, if the state has any rights or powers, they don't get those unless they first come from you. And that's why we've gotten in the pickle that we are in. We have not attended to our rights and liberties by the representatives, if you still have representatives, rather than choosing to self-govern. Uh, yourself instead of having a representative, which is your right, that that's that all the rights come from the state, but they first have to come from you, the people, individually and collectively. The third is that the will of the majority is the law of the land. And here he's called, basically say, talking about a democracy where the 51% rule the 49%. He said that's a fallacy. And the reason is that the rights of the many are no more than the combined rights of the one. So the whole state can come against you, but, you know, in order you to pay another penny tax, for example, but you as not a citizen of the state do not, or even as a citizen of the state, vote against that tax, you are lawfully and legally not liable for that tax in the republic. I'll go down just a little bit more. The people of an independent community, and maybe we are the independent community just on this phone call. Think about that. Maybe we are the community. You can be if you choose. The people of an independent community could not give up a majority of the power to have unrestricted rule. They could not transfer the unalienable right 
of the minority, could be you and me, and the brief experience would no doubt cause them to revoke the grant of power so dangerous to the common welfare and happiness, which I, for one, did years and years ago. And that's one reason it kind of has difficulty when you go into courts. Well, I've had some pretty good successes with lawyers and things, because, well, judges specifically, because once you claim your sovereignty, it's really difficult for them to move against you unless you release that sovereignty status. So they have to get you to volunteer into their jurisdiction or whatever. And talking with Chalice, uh, she came and family stayed at our house, and uh, we did a broadcast here locally. But she t- we, And we were talking about this very fact. She said that that's exactly what her father, Lavoie, stood up on, was the sovereignty of the individual. And so I have to ask myself, if he knew about the sovereignty of the individual, not because he read law, because he knew inherently that's the way it is. And, you know, you get smacked around and abused by government. But if he knew and understood that in all of those political prisoners, and we had one of them, Brian, I'm sure you probably remember the name last week, where the judge said that he had no rights except for three rights, and he no longer had the natural and legal right to defend himself in court. Well, all of this stuff is bogus, particularly if he stood up, number one, made a special appearance only, He can question jurisdiction. All of them can at any time. And I doubt that the defense has ever proved jurisdiction and, you know, standing on the sovereignty of the individual that he is and demand evidence as uh, I'm trying to – who wrote the – something illegally. I'm being mental at the moment. I apologize. But his point in law going into court is don't accept just quotes that the judge or anybody else puts out. You know, require there to be evidence on the record. Going on down, okay, I'm off of the uh, Jefferson Davis letter. I hope some of that has been helpful for you, and I'll be glad to post that later, letter later if anyone has an interest. And that was included in documents that were presented to the United Nations. Going down to the law here, The very meaning of sovereignty is that the decree of the sovereign makes law. So what does that mean? That means when you walk into court or even if you don't, who is the sovereign? We've already established that that by law you are. So it's not the judge. You have to claim your sovereignty. And once you've done that, that puts the judge and their administrative processes pretty much in in a pickle. I want to look up one case law here. Uh, it's actually out of Colorado. That is a court ruling. Uh, well, I'll just tell you basically what it is. I did write things up, and if people want to request it, I'll post it. But basically what it says, it is the individual who is the sovereign, and they, to the extent that they always have been. So it's not even disputed anymore, but you've got to stand up as the sovereign individual that you are. So, Brian, I'll just hold up for a minute and see if you have any questions or any comments at this point.
Well, you know, I'm talking about the sovereignty of the individual, you know, and there's there's been arguments that have bounced up now and then ever since I started the group uh, because of the name of the group that was used, which is Tactical Sovereignty. Exactly. And a lot of people want to argue about that word. And, you know, my attitude is that you go right back, what is it, verse 6 of Genesis 1, uh, tells you that uh, you're created in God's image. And they're all saying, yeah, there's only one sovereign, it's God. And it's like, yeah, and he says he created me in his image. So what does that make you and I? You know what I mean? And that's basically, you know, the standpoint I take from it. And, you know, it it reminds me of uh, the case with uh, Alfred Adask. I I think his case was uh, down at Texas. That's where he was at several years ago when he was fighting... um, I think it was the attorney general and there was charges against him for a product that he was making. And, um, they were trying to nail him for, uh, I think it was like drug charges, you know, and I actually posted a, one of his interviews to the group today. People could go back and take a look at, you know, to better comprehend his standpoint on things. But, <clears throat> you know, and to me, this doesn't just relate to drug charges, but this could relate to any charge. And that is that the government has tried to diminish the status of man. And it's in that diminished status that they're able to attack you at. It's in that weakened position where you're at your most vulnerable. Yeah, correct. And I don't think there's a dispute. And, you know, I, I hear the same thing and agree, you know, that, that God is, is the sovereign over all of us. I just think it is a plus that we actually have it written in law that also states within the written laws of mankind, excuse me, in America, that is the individual who is the sovereign. And I just found the co-quotes right here. If you don't mind, I'll toss this out. And uh, the first one is uh, Chris Tome versus Georgia. And I won't quote the rest of it. Uh, At the revolution, the sovereignty devolved on the people. And remembering that at the writing of the Declaration, people were both singular and plural. And they, the people, are truly the sovereigns in the country. But they are sovereigns without subjects. So you have no one under you. And none of them govern but themselves. The citizens of America are equal as fellow citizens and as joint tenants in sovereignty. And then the one from Colorado versus the Anti-Discrimination League says sovereignty resides in the individual. The individual and not the state is the source and the basis of our social compact. And that sovereignty now resides and has always resided in the individual. So I don't think you need to go any further than that. No, you're absolutely right. That is, that is where the sovereignty lies at, is within the people. And people have, unfortunately, uh, gotten complacent. And, hey, puppies, quite down. Uh, everybody's gotten complacent and thought that it would just be easier to let Big Brother take care of things rather than, you know, taking responsibility for themselves and doing things. If you go back to how um, law was originally set up, in form of law, in form of law, um, going back to England, 
it was God and the people and government. And when that system came over here, all of the roles got reversed and got switched around. And that's basically a trust format. That's three, the three positions of the trust. And exactly. it was actually the original trust set up by the creator, you know, and they switched everything around and put um, government at top. They pretty much just booted God completely out. Even though they say one nation under God, they don't tell you what God it is that they're supposedly under. <laughs> but in, they, they put the people at the very bottom. Well, the government is the creation of the people. And the creation cannot have more power than the creator. That's just basic common sense. Unfortunately, right. they fooled, fooled everybody because they carry the gun on their side. They fool everybody that they're the ones with all the power, and they've made us to be powerless. Uh, yeah, that's true. The um, I was trying to look up a different quote right here, but basically what the law states is that when you become a citizen that you are volunteering to be a subject of the state, a, basically a creation of the state. And the law states that everything that the state creates or is introduced by its permission is subject to that state. And this particular case is talking about that state, but it applies to everything else. It says everything else that is not created by the state or introduced by its permission, the state does not have any power and authority over. So all you have to resolve for yourself, are you a creation of the state or were you a creation of the state you volunteered to be with full knowledge of that fact and the ramifications of, of that? Because the law also states unless you know, then the laws cannot be applied to you. Right here it says the county is a person in legal sense, but the sovereign is not. So again, who is the sovereign? If that happens to be you versus the state or the judge, and I'll point one, one thing out, there was a case against uh, Mr. O, and uh, he refused to go, you know, even though uh, he was subpoenaed, and his illegal, unlawful claim, being the uh, constitutional scholar he was, he claimed that he is the sovereign because he's president of the United States. Well, the factual point is, as president of the United States, you may have authority and responsibilities. I never talk about power because the power is in the people, not in their representatives. But he claimed he did not have to go to court to a subpoena because he's a sovereign. But right here, you're, you're finding out and learning that he's, the president's not the sovereign over the people. Each people independently. So what happens when you take your rights and your powers back, the Ninth and Tenth Amendment? Nobody gets hurt. Nobody gets harmed. What does occur is that the legal entity, which may be your state, or the federal government, or whatever, they lose a, a, a subject. They, they lose a slave. You know, how damaging is that? It may damage them if millions decide, hey, we're not doing this slavery shit anymore. <laughs> that was slavery, slavery ship, if you didn't understand that. 
No, absolutely, absolutely correct. And, so, and you know what, what? What gets me, and it, I just shake my head at, and it's like everybody falls for it, and take it as truth, is, you know, this, this corporation, this government has gone and taken all of the words that had power and that had authority and that actually meant something, and they've made them all bad words. You know, they, they've taken the, the word sovereignty and made it a bad word. They've taken the word patriot and made it a bad word. Um, they're right down to the family level. They've done everything they can almost to make the word father a bad word. Well, not now even in Europe, they're saying they don't want to use boy or girl or anything else. They're trying to get everything neutral, which, you know, we all have opinions about that, I'm sure. Oh yeah, they want to neutralize everybody. Yeah. What better way to take? It? Yeah. What better way to rule over a class if, and if you've neutralized them? That's the easiest way to do it. You know, they've tried the divide and conquer method and been very successful with that, but not as successful as they'd like to be. So yeah, just plan out neutralize everybody. <laughs> so how's the best way? And I'll open this all the way out. You know, for people to think about. How do we move together as one? Uh, somebody threw out the word, and it may have been you, Brian, which is fine, association last week. Uh, you know, they made other different, you know, terms. Not that one's better or worse than the other, but uh, one thing I pointed out years ago, and I, th- I think it's needed, is we have to have a system put in place, and there are all kinds of systems out there, but it must be owned and controlled by the people, both individually and collectively. And my background's all systems engineering, all that stuff. And I've actually developed a whole lot of that and have it in place. But I have not seen people interested enough or who understood technically or otherwise the need for such a system in order to move to it. Uh, do you think there's a need? Do you think people are ready enough to start self-governing? Oh, yeah, I think that there are core people, and, you know, a lot of them are listening to this call, you know, who are ready to self-govern, and, and that is their desire. You know, we don't need the boot of Big Brother on our neck to force us to do what Big Brother deems to be um, right or to be correct, you know. Um, the only the problem is is that people are mostly just so complacent with operating the best they can within the system that's already been established here, and it's not until that Buddha Big Brother starts squeezing down a little too hard on their neck before they start looking into this information, and right. by that by that time they've got court cases or whatever stuff hanging over their head that is pressuring their time and their mind so much that they're not able to start thinking about topics like this in order to move forward. And I wish people who are not having difficulties and problems would start exploring this idea, these ideas and these topics, you know, because actually that is a preventative measure. That That's going to set things in place to where you're not going to have to worry about the boot of Big Brother squashing down on your neck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, there there are ways to transition, uh, but you have to have the systems in place. Uh, if I presented some systems to you, uh, to your group and to other groups, do you think there would be enough interest? And uh, maybe, I don't know if you have a way 
to do polling or get any kind of response in numbers, uh, you know, but we could do this in very short order. Uh, yeah, and I think that would be a great idea. You know, I've had um, several guests on who have some things established uh, that, to me, look, are pretty bulletproof. They they look really, really good. They just totally separate you from the federal situation altogether. And uh, I, I know that you're involved in uh, one or two organizations that are doing similar things as well. So, yeah, if you want to share that, go ahead. Okay, okay. Uh, what I'll do is probably do that on the next call if, if I'm on another call. And uh, the, what we've got, what I would suggest, uh, I put in place a polling system prior to the last election uh, but did not advertise it too much for particular reasons. Basically, I didn't think people were ready. But in my my opinion, to have a a polling system in place and ask some specific questions because I don't think we, the American people, and it would be open to all the people, uh, whether of age or not, you just we'd ask you to be honest and you say, if you're underage, okay, your vote counts. But, uh, you know, let's just say that you are. If you're American, say you're American. And if you're not, say that. And, you know, just a different list of things. But I think the beauty of that, it would give us a way to look at ourselves and the numbers. As uh, I talked with the United Nations and uh, officials in other countries, again, you know, they want to know how many people are there. And I said there are millions of us, but not just here. Uh, there's a letter out there if you, anyone would like to look it up. It's simply a letter. Uh, look up the sovereign individual. And the is Helio, H-E-L-I-O, out of Brazil. And he and I had several conversations. I've been standing up for the sovereignty of the individual for years and years. And he was a member of the Mises Institute, which is uh, out of Auburn, Alabama, as far as that goes. But they stand up for peace and, you know, intelligent economics. But you need to read particularly the last paragraph of what he said talking about the sovereignty of the individual. And if you don't mind, I've got it right here. See if I can just pull it up real quick. Yeah. It'll just read the last paragraph. And you need to read the whole letter. Just look up Helio, sovereign individual, uh, you know, Brazil, and it'll put you right on it. So what I would like to point out that it's not necessary to change the world or create a nation of sovereign individuals. What matters and what one can do right now is to live as a sovereign individual, staying close to those who respect you as such and avoiding manipulators and those who desire to live as parasites off your energy, talents, and virtues. Therefore, we may achieve freedom to a large extent during our lifetime independently of any eventual failure to mend the serfdom perpetuated by the state. If you behave as a sovereign individual in your personal relationships, you will be contributing to your happiness and also to the transmission of the concept of sovereign individual. This chain of good will certain will abolish the chain of evil. 
And I think he's right on in his letter. I took that in part in the, uh, he, you know, he was an economic minister for Brazil, and he had, you know, had appointments and speeches at the UN. And right at the UN, I've got a letter from them, and I'll just kind of flash it if anybody, if anybody's on the uh, Facebook page, uh, let me know if that's even working. I'd appreciate that. But what I just showed you, and I'll show you again right here, is a letter from the United Nations. At that point, they what they said about the American people, who's been given billions to the United Nations, was they could not stand up for the sovereignty of the individual. Though they understand it and they support it, the reason they cannot is there's no <laughs> words in their administrative document that gives them the authority to stand up for people that are being politically imprisoned or killed or abused by government. And I thought if that I was... May. Pardon? Yes, please. What's the name of your Facebook page? Uh, the Facebook is just Sov Amer, S-O-V-A-M-E-R. S-O-V-A-M-E-R. Okay, yeah. I'm going to look that up. I yield the floor. Okay, thank yeah, those you. Those are two words. Podcast going. If you at least text me or let us know, that would be appreciated. And it'll yeah, Sov Amer is two words. Yeah, we may have a space in there. Thank you, Brian. Uh, what I'm reading right now is, and I'll just show you this, is the human rights from the United Nations, which they gave me while I was there. It's under their Section 4. The title is Self-Determination. And self-determination, the same thing that Vladimir Putin brought up last year, stating that, I don't remember, it wasn't the people, maybe in Romania, I'm not sure, but he said the people have the right to self-determination, and so do the people here in the United States. And this is backed up by the United Nations. Under self-determination, Article 1, all peoples have the right of self-determination. By virtue of that right, they freely determine their political status and freely pursue their economic, social, and cultural development. If I may. Excuse me? If I may. Finish this up. Okay, I, sorry. That's all that we have are saying is all we have to do is move as one through self-determination. And that starts with you standing up as a sovereign individual you are. Now, you may have, have a legal case going on here or other things as a subject of the state. So I would suggest ask for them to put on evidence as a subject of the state by what document, because there must be a document in your signature, have you ever, you know, that brings you under the jurisdiction of the state? Otherwise, you're standing under your special appearance, you know, questioning the jurisdiction of the state over you, and the state must prove that on paper, and you make them bring it forth on paper. Go ahead. Okay, so you're saying that, that that statement was from the UN? Yeah, yeah, it's in there. Uh, well, uh, what about Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 from the UN? Go ahead. Are you familiar with those? 
Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, what, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of confused. Is the UN, do you think the UN is there for our good or for our demise? Uh, that's not my point. And I have been, first off, I've been to the United Nations four times. The first three visits, they were excellent. Uh, I was standing on the sovereignty of the individual, and I'll just show you right here. This was a page out of a passport I was using of a sovereign individual. On one side, it states what the law is. And the, this is the law that states that it is the individual in America who is the sovereign. The second page of it are all the court rulings and the laws. It says, yeah, what's on the page called the law is the law. And they are very supportive in backing us up and understanding that in America, it is the individual who is the sovereign. Right here, what I didn't have handy, and I'll just flash it quickly. Page one, this is out of the city. This is out of county. So I'm just doing the Craig method, flashing that real quick. And this is out of state, stating that I am my only lawful status in that state or any other state or under the United States is that of a sovereign individual. And those have been recorded not only on my behalf, but all on behalf of all others. I didn't just specify Americans, all others so similarly situated. So that may include you. You have to determine that for yourself. Go ahead if there are any questions. Well, let me make another comment if you don't mind. That's one thing, and, and I understand a lot of the UCC, uh, the 1 207, that changed to 308, I believe, uh, and codes, rules, regulations, uh, policies from banks or whatever. But if you stand on the sovereignty of the individual and your own rights and powers as retained in the Ninth Amendment and reserved by the Tenth Amendment, where do they get the power and authority to come against you? Because you have already retained and reserved those. And that is your duty as an American, if you are so moved by your conscience, to stand up, not to fight. You're not supposed to have to fight against the government. And I don't know anyone that's anti-government. I think most people are here just saying, hey, we just want the government to follow the law that it's supposed to adhere to, which are restrictions on it, and let most of us, if we want to build a pond in our yard, it's our right, natural, and unalienable right. It's not a permission that can be granted or taken away by the state. If the Lord makes it rain on my property and I wish to collect that water I'm smart enough to, then that water belongs to me. If I wish to share it with my neighbor, it's my natural free will to do that. Yes, so I may. have a natural, just a moment, natural and unalienable rights rather than privileges and immunities that are granted by a legal fictional state, which you are forced and presumed to be a subject of and subject to because you have not stood up and said that does not apply. 
Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, you just pretty much made my point for me that the current system is a government services corporation and a municipal structure, and your sovereign, your sovereign mayor is working fine. I presume he says sovereign at the top with a green crown and an S on the crown. Yeah, that's correct. And obviously, okay. this cap, and it's right here. That crown. Uh, I also wanted to bring up the issue of Article One, Section Ten, where it says shall not in Impertinent part, it, shall not, uh, it says, in essence, shall not impair the obligation of contract. The government service corporations operate under that under that venue in which they offer you a contract and don't give you a whole lot of options pertaining to uh, not signing on. Generally, they are offered by those with guns and badges, and uh, they think they've got all the power to do such things because – most of us have not made public record of our our status corrections. They presume us to be members of their association called a government or called a government services corporation, and they want us to stay that way because then the judges can ping our birth certificates, also known as Kolbs, in, in, in a private monetary capacity. So like writing a check on a closed account. It does work if you know what you're doing. Uh, in the, and in that matter, I yield the floor. Thank you. Okay, yeah, and you're, you're exactly about right about that, and I think a lot of people, you know, have grown to learn about that. Uh, I guess, and I'll just a uh, quick comment here. Sun's going down. I may have about two or three minutes. But then I have to move inside, which is fine. If people want to keep going, you know, on the Facebook live stream, but what I'm more interested in at this point is do you are, are people ready to create and have their own system? Uh, a lot of that is in place, and uh, I'll be happy to turn it up, uh, but I don't want to waste my time or yours if uh, people aren't ready to move forward. No, I think people are completely ready to move forward. Um, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, those that are want to move forward, it doesn't matter if we've got uh, 200 here right now that are ready to move forward or 20 or only two. You know, these calls are recorded, and, you know, 2,000 people who are ready to move forward may be listening to this in the future. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just and start with are. Yeah, you know, you look at everything that's been successful, and even go back to the glorious uh, Mr. Obama's um, his cabal when he, when he first began and he first started running you know, 10 years ago. And it was a grassroots level, and that's what they kept talking about. You kept hearing grassroots level, grassroots level. And that's where all big movements really come from, are from grassroots levels. They start with you. They start with the individual and then your family and then your family's contacts, and, and it grows from there. That's good. That's correct. And, and go ahead. Uh, and I was going to say, as far as what you're reading from the from the UN, and to address uh, a previous uh, caller that had a question, you know, yeah, I know they've got you know a different agenda for for everyone and for the world. Uh, their agenda is total dominance, total rule. Um, forget having 
their boot on our neck. They, they want to have, you know, a chain around everybody's neck. That's what they want. And through the debt notes, they've really succeeded quite well with that so far. But for some reason, they want even more. And, and I think they've gotten to the point where financially, uh, the powers that be that run everything have done so well that they're saying now, well, maybe it's time to thin the herd. And we see many examples of them thinning the herd um, all over, not just America, but people in other countries that are complaining about it as well. You know, I'm a member of um, one or two groups that actually tries to fight the weather modification and do things that actually works and helps knock out the systems or even bring in systems that need to be brought in. And so there's people worldwide working on this stuff. Yes. I have a bit. I, I agree what you're saying to a point, Brian and uh, and sir. Uh, here's my take right now on what's going on. It's something that just occurred to me. What if they've come to the conclusion that since they're not bleeding as dry fast enough and they're getting resistance at the same time, that we must have resources somewhere of which we have not disclosed or anything else? So it's time to send in the big guns to try and quell any effort of resistance, and those that uh, will not cooperate be eliminated. They're not, they're not beyond satanic ritual sac- blood sacrifice. They've done it before. They'll do it again. Benghazi is an excellent example of satanic blood ritual sacrifice. That's exactly what that was, without doubt, reservation and waiver in my, on my part. They could have sent in help. They didn't because it was part of a bigger agenda. And uh, the movie 13 Hours, uh, I'm disappointed with that. Any documentaries I've seen on Benghazi, I've been disappointed with those. I think they're trying to turn up the heat on the populace to say, look, either you let us run things and you be happy with your scraps, or we'll really get ticked off and just take this whole planet out. What do you think about that, you little peon sheeps? And <laughs> our fighting back is basically a perspective. They were saying, go ahead, make our day. <laughs> and with that, I yield the floor. Well, you know, a lot of what we might be seeing from them might be them going through, you know, the birth pains that we read about in Scripture, you know, that towards the end that they're going to be going through some birth pains. And I, I think that's probably exactly what's happening. But, you know, and as far as what you were reading from the U.N., you know, I just want to finish following up with what that previous caller had said a little while ago. Um, it, when I did up my declaration, because I totally believe that, you know, and unless you choose sides, one's going to be chosen for you. And you're not going to like the side that gets chosen for you. So you need to be able to stand up and choose sides. And oh, once you do that, you do start seeing some things around you start to change. But well, when I, uh, one situation... Uh, when I went to the capital here, Tallahassee for Florida, um, me and a couple of friends, we spoke to uh, attorneys for the governor. And um, we were doing something just a little bit different than this there. But well, one of the things the attorneys kept asking was, they basically want to know what flag we're flying under. You know what I mean? And they, they want to know, wh- where's your protection at? You know, and which really molded my direction of study and uh, things and actions that I was going to be taking in the future. And 
so one of the things that I did use, I did use uh, that document that you referred to from the UN. I believe I also used um, the UN's rights of indigenous people in my declaration, where it says the same exact thing in there, is that the people are allowed to follow whatever they want to follow, and they cannot be forced to follow anything. It is their inherent right to choose. And I think that that is the most important thing that people need to do. And the problem is that nobody has ever done it. Everybody's just played to go along to get along uh, with the corporation to either avoid difficulties or because it's the way it's always been done. You know what I mean? And so, no, I... I really appreciate that from the UN, what you were saying. And and also, because the caller brought up, you know, what about um, Agenda 2030 and Agenda 21? You know, that takes my mind back to the First Amendment of the Constitution. In the very first sentence, it says that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. People need to get out the legal dictionary and go examine each and every one of those words that were used in that sentence. Because as far as an establishment goes, an establishment can be a lodge, it can be a household, an establishment can be you. Okay? And so it said Congress shall make no law respecting establishment of religion, which kind of goes hand in hand with what the UN had said. But then the Bill of Rights goes on to list a bunch of rights. Well, wait a second. If they can't make any law, then everything that they're listing, that they're saying, must be for non-establishments of religion. And everything they've done since have been for non-establishments of religion. Unless you pick a side, then guess what? You're going to have all that stuff apply to you. You have the right of self-determination, and you can accept that. If not, then here's all the BS that's going to happen to you along with Agenda 2030 and Agenda 21. And I'll yield with that. Hey, Brian. Yes. Or or anyone else on the call, but I I target to you. Uh, One thing I was thinking about today, and and you've got a pretty decent audience, I think, Uh, two things I'd like to accomplish and I, I don't know if you have the uh, audience out there, I would like to get hold of some people, uh, Native American Indians or others as far as that goes, because Native Indians all over the planet are, are pretty much abused and everything else. But I would like for us to be able to all kind of work together uh, in creating and establishing our new future. Uh, I have uh, been in contact with uh, one head of uh, an Indian tribe, but he is so hostile to what he calls white people uh, that it's not able to, uh, you know, really have any successful communication. But I, also the Latino community is, you know, so large in the United States now. Uh, and uh, I've, I've gone to some Latino churches uh, in in a couple of areas. Most of them, people going, really good people, but most of them are here uh, illegally. Um, But I think there could be a lot of strength 
you know, as we move together as one, and there's a, uh, there could be some advantages for all of us. So, I, and bottom line is, I didn't know if you, anybody on the call had some contacts. So the next call we had or had a different kind of call or whatever, one I would like to focus on, uh, first out of respect, uh, Native American Indians or other Indians, whether they're from, you know, uh, Ecuador or whatever, that can grow later. But also then after that, I would like to address uh, Latinos and get them to cooperate with us because uh, they, as it was written by our forefathers, they said our natural and unalienable rights are for all of mankind, not just Americans. And so I think that's important to try to do. Well, I think one of the biggest problems that we're facing right now as far as gaining unity and maybe as far as getting numbers goes is um, I don't don't like using the word awakening or waking or anything like that, but getting people to be aware of what has occurred and the situation that they're really in. Um, I, I think a lot of people just think that in general, we've got an evil court system, an evil government, and there's nothing you can do. And but they they don't comprehend the the, the levels of the corporation and the intricacies of the whole situation and how it's really affecting them. And that they are not powerless; they do have power. They still have the power. Um, they're just been have been indoctrinated since birth that they're powerless. You know. And so I think that that's one of the biggest obstacles right now is just getting people to be aware of the real situation. Oh, okay. That's, that's a, that I agree and understand that. Uh, I, I think my focus is, so why don't we create the alternative system? Because until it exists, you don't have a choice. You have to stay in the same old hamster wheel, so to speak. And, for example, uh, we already have uh, uh, marriage decrees and affidavits in place that people are using. We also have sovereign decrees and notices of live birth that are in place and used. Uh, There are many people who have their own IDs, which we have and have been using for a good while. and are recognized at every level in government and multiple governments. But there are, there's no reason why we as the people do not get on the same page so we're using the same documents or whatever, and eventually you force the entities to acknowledge and recognize our own processes and procedures where we actually secure our own data, where your pictures belong to you, your transactions belong to you, uh, photos and everything else. But I think once well, you can offer solutions, well, it, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, once once we have the functional uh, systems in place, we can start offering these solutions, and it makes it a lot easier for people to say, yeah, we've got a choice. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, I've um, had a couple of guests on who have done very similar things and are doing very similar things. Um, one of them who 
um, I will um, tell is who I believe in being very acceptable is called the United States of America. Or actually, it's called the government um, for the United States of America. And these guys have done great stuff all the way down to correcting your address. Okay, you're talking about maybe in in this case, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just for clarity for me, talking about pretty much going through uh, processes, procedures, statute codes, or whatever to change documents, one standing and things of that type. Uh, no, what these guys have done is they've gone back. Yeah, I don't know if you recall here a couple years ago, Wells Fargo tried to lay a claim against um, America, the landmass, saying that it was uninhabited, which they are, um, as far as uninhabited, I would say that would be 99.9% correct. Um, there are no living human beings on um, the this part of the continent of America anymore. Um, everybody here has put on that mask, that legal facade of a fiction, you know, um, and, that, and that was rebutted, and I don't know if it was stopped by uh, Anna von Ritz or not, but um, I, I know that she definitely played a hand in rebutting um, what they were trying to do from what it looked like. But what these guys are doing is going back and saying, hey, the Republic's been laying dormant. Um, let's bring people together to go back and rejoin the original organic Republic again. Okay. And now I, now I would say, you know, there's a lot of people that say, oh, we want the Republic back, we want the Constitution back. Da, 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 da. Well, people need to understand some of the implications involved with that. There are some repairs that need to be done. Under the organic Republic, you know, women weren't allowed to vote, for instance, is one thing, you know. So it, there are some things that need to be changed and switched around a little bit. Um, and one of the complaints I've gotten from a lot of people regarding um, the government for the United States of America and what these guys are doing is that uh, they're using terms um, that are used in legalese, <clears throat> like person, for instance. And it, I, I've had really long conversations with these guys, and it, and what they are saying is, listen, the terms we're using are the terms that the average reasonable man would comprehend. These are not terms that they've got to go out and buy uh, a Bouvier's or Black's Law or something like that in order to find out what we're really talking about. What we're saying is what the average person thinks it means. You know, and um, I've had uh, several members of the group actually that have recently joined up with them. Um, I'm wanting to kind of hear back from them as far as uh, the progress that they're making with it. But it, and it's not like, oh yeah, five thousand dollars you get to no, nothing like that. You know, or if you order within the next 24 hours, yeah, no, it, it's not one of those kind of deals. It's like a hundred bucks or something. It's just administrative costs. It's all that they really charge. And they also publish a uh, online paper that has well over a million subscribers, which means that it is sufficient for putting notices in as well, uh, which I think is an awesome thing. And 
they've really gone, like I said, and nailed every little corner down of how we've been entrapped. And I think they've done a great job with it, and they've even seen success in court with it as well. Um, getting down to situations like, um, quote-unquote, driving offenses. Right. So I don't know if you've seen anything from them or not before. Um, I could share some info with you. Yeah, I appreciate looking at that. I, I've, you know, seen a lot of stuff. I don't recall that particular one. Hello. You kind of blanked out. You still there? Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. I heard something on the phone. I didn't know what was there. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm... I'll, I'll mute so you, I don't interfere. No, I don't know if it, where it came from earlier really or what it was, but no. I just heard him drift off, and I want to make sure he was still connected. Yeah, no, we're good, we're good. Um, are, are there any uh, Native Americans on this phone call? Just throw that out there. Or, or let's just throw them I'm not full blood, but I, I have some uh, Indian in me. Like one ten, mm, something like that. <laughs> okay, I wasn't being rude or anything. Just trying to be cute and funny. Uh, I guess the uh, other question. So that's one. Uh, if there are any people on the on the phone who have contacts with any of the Indian nations, who have somebody higher up, and generally my understanding is that would actually be. Uh, uh, one of the women in the tribe, but we would I would like to have them on a phone call and see if there's a way we can make progress because they've got already got a lot of legalese and things in place uh, that could be supportive of our efforts to move as sovereigns together. Uh, and so anyway, if anyone knows anyone like that or several, uh, please drop me a message on Sovereign Mayor on Facebook. I'd love to get in contact with them. Uh, but it's, it's helpful if they're not hostile <laughs> to people who are trying to unite and work together. And the same thing if anyone knows uh, some people in the Latino every area, I think that would be a smart thing for us to do. Of course, I'm the only one saying that on the call. Maybe other people's opinions differ, but I thought I'd throw that out there. What is your definition of Native American? Uh, I, I don't define that. I let them define that. <laughs> I mean, uh, you are one, and some people do not like to be called Indians. They want to be called Apaches or whatever. So I'd rather be respectful of that. Uh, so I, I, that's why I don't try to define what another individual wishes to be called. Well, what I'm getting at is uh, anybody born in this country is actually a Native American. I agree. That's, that, and that's why I ask, you're, you you are, were referring to getting a hold of Native American now. Um, I mean, I think probably most of us born here probably have some sort of bloodlines to the Indian. Well, yeah, um, and I understand totally what you're saying. I'm in agreement with you. I think I'm Native American, you know, 
If anybody asked me, I'd say, yes, I am. But uh, out of respect, I'm not sure what to call. You know what I'm talking about. You know, right, I don't know yeah. what proper, you know, or political or otherwise term is. Yeah, I know. hate that term political correctness. That's one of the things that's destroying this nation. You know, we need to call a spade a spade, right? Uh, you know, you could go down the list, Cherokee, Lakota, uh, you know, whatever. But you know what I'm talking about. And, right. uh, if you have one or more that would be interested, have them drop me a message, and I'd like to work with them. And the same thing on the Latino area, um, because I, it's time for us all to move as one. Well, the reason yeah, I asked is, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I'll come in after you. Well, uh, just real quick. The, the reason I ask is, is my grandmother, she was uh, 100% Cherokee Indian. So, I mean, there there is guidelines, I guess, per se, that, that they have created in their legal system to define people as being um, a Native American, I guess. So uh, that will be whatever that will be. You know, I don't know, and, you know, I want to respect that. But the bottom line is if we have some contacts, we would like to cooperate, and I mean cooperate with us, you know, let's just get it done. Sure. Okay, I yield now. Thank you. All right. Yeah, this is Brian. Um, You know, that's really an aspect I hadn't really thought of too much. And I, I do agree with what a couple of the previous callers have said. And I thought about, like, you know, when you're going and you're checking off boxes on a form uh, where, you, you know, you could put you a citizen or whatever, Native American. I thought, oh, you know, maybe we should be checking off Native American. Because the way I've I've been looking at it is the same exact way. You know, I was born here. My father was born here. My grandfather was born here. Of course, I'm Native, too. Um, this landmass, you know, how much more native to this landmass can you get? But I know that the government is really trying to put a label and they're looking for like a tribe that you belong to or something like that. Now, you know, as some people know, not many really do, but um, I do casino work, right? And I started out doing casino work, uh, living on an Indian reservation and, and, uh, working in a very small casino that they had at that time, which now is huge. but And I, and I worked for another tribe as well, uh, even though I said I'd never work for another Indian tribe again. But one of the problems that I saw um, on the reservations when I was living there is the same thing that I, I've read about um, when I've studied anthropology and things. Uh, my sister was taking some classes through the University of Michigan, and she was also working like two jobs. She didn't have time really to do all the work she needed to do. And I said, listen, let me pick a couple of classes for you, and I'll start you the information, and I'll tell you what you need to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and they'll free up some of your time. And so you know, I, I was doing an anthropology research there, and reading some of those books. And one of the books I came across was a book called Windwalking Woman. And Windwalking Woman uh, was written, I don't remember the date, very elderly lady, but she talked about the tribe and things that happened um, 100 years ago or, or even longer. 
ago on, on that reservation or within that community. And it mirrored the things that I saw happening on the reservations today and because it just totally frustrated me when I was living there because it seemed like the people on the reservation, as far as unity goes, they were fighting more with each other than they were with the quote-unquote white man they talked about in town. And they always talked about how the prejudice of the people in the very small community had against them on the reservation, which I never saw any of that. But what I did see was they're fighting with each other. And I think that was actually their downfall when the Europeaners came to America was that they were so busy wanting to fight off each other that they were happy if somebody wanted to join in with them and help eliminate different groups, which is, it's really, really disheartening. And even today, you're seeing situations where they all have casinos and things, and there's chiefs of some of these tribes and CFOs that are getting nailed for robbing millions, if not billions, from these casinos and from the tribal people. And it's just amazing. And it blows me away that even in those situations where these tribes are getting what they call a per cap check, which is per capita, uh, a cut off from the earnings of that casino uh, every year. Some of them get a monthly, but they're large amounts of money. And yet these people don't do anything with that money to strengthen themselves or better themselves. Uh, to me, I would say, hey, as long as we're grabbing all this white man's money, you know, why don't we make ourselves stronger and bigger and see if we can retake some of what used to be ours? And I haven't seen that from them. But I do have a couple contacts with them that I could get you in contact with Sovereign that you'd probably enjoy talking to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Move as one. Like I said, if, if, if we're standing up on our sovereignty, uh, my commitment to myself is whatever solutions I came up with or we come up with uh, should not only be for we as Americans, but we should do it in such a way that it is for all of mankind, just like our forefathers said. And, you know, at this time, uh, uh, let me plug something here as well. And there's a lot of people, yeah, I know they listen to different calls like this, and they're like, okay, we're talking about problems and stuff like that. Where's the solution? Where's the answer? What, what can I do now? And um, South America, I don't know where you're at on this, but uh, this is some of the things that I tout that I really firmly believe people need to do, things that I believe I have seen um, some effects from, all right? Uh, number one is go and rescind your voter's registration, all right? Because there's going to become a day where you're standing in front of your creator, and how are you going to answer to him when he says, how were you putting people into office that you knew were going to do nothing but slaughter people across the globe? How do you answer for putting people into office that were going to do nothing but rob you and your fellow countrymen? How could you put people like that above me in your life? All right? And 
I have people contact me and they're like, well, I've never registered to vote. Well, let me tell you something. Go on the, go on the voter registration list and look where you live at because guess what? You're probably going to find your name. I know I did, and I know I never registered. Okay, And on top of that, after I sent them a registered or a certified letter, whichever one you want to do, um, people have questions about registered and certified. I'll touch on that right now. Uh, if you're, I would say if you're doing something locally, certified is fine. If you're doing something maybe across state lines, you may want to do registered. I believe they both stand for proof of service because you get the green card back saying that somebody signed for it, meaning they accepted it, all right? The only difference between certified and registered is certified goes straight there through, unfortunately, USPS instead of the post office. Whereas registered mail, I believe, is actually the post office handling it. it it's that um, original side um, of the post office, not the de facto, but where one person has to hand it off to another. Let me back up. One man has to hand it off to another man who hands it off to another man, and yeah, that is all logged and kept track of for chain of title. We need to understand what chain of title is about. So that way, there is a record that this document was unmolested between point A and point B. Okay? <clears throat> so I recommend um, rescinding the voter's registration, whether you think you registered or not. And after you do that, I'll give it a month or so, go back to that supervisor of elections where you live at and get it in writing from them that your status as a voter has been rescinded, okay? Um, when I got that letter from them, I think I've mentioned this maybe before, one of the things that amazed me was the woman brought it up on the computer. She saw it. She said, I got it right here. I said, good. Can you print it off? Give me a copy. She said, sure. She printed it off, and way down at the end of the counter was one of those old embossers. It's sort of about two and a half feet tall. And she went and put it under that embosser and embossed their insignia on it, and she signed it and gave it to me. You know, to me, when she gave me that piece of paper that day, she gave me a piece of gold. You know, she gave me a carrot of gold at least, as far as I was concerned. It was, I just thought that was so unbelievable. Because a lot of the stuff that I've read regarding seals and embossers and information in the legal world on that, that will make you think it's kind of esoteric. It's not esoteric. I think that is still the republic side of government, not the corporation. Um, and at the same time, while you're doing that, uh, send off for your certified copy of your certificate of live birth, or COLB, as uh, Justice Johnson refers to it as. Get, get that certified copy of your certificate of life birth and get it authenticated. That is the title to that corporate fiction that they try and get you to represent. And be the owner of it. An owner is, one, someone who holds it, and two, somebody who controls it. And take control of it. And those are a couple of things that people can do on their own level, their own individual level. Uh, just to get the ball rolling in their own life. And I'll yield on that. Did Sovereign or anybody else have any questions or comments? 
Guess not. <laughs> no? No? Oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, I'm sure they're all busy, hurriedly taking notes. I'm sure that's probably the case. <laughs> but well, I think this has gone very well. And uh, what do you think? Do you think we could start out if I presented a... Uh, and there's a specific reason why I want to do it. Just a polling application. Um, I think people would be interested in that for starters. And then what do people think about having our own Facebook type application where you are actually a owner of that instead of being just simply a user where you actually control all your data? Well, for Facebook, for one, um, you're using their program, and their program gives them the rights to all your stuff. Yeah. So right. if you want to use your pro, so if you want to use their program, you got to give them your stuff. Yeah. I'm so you're gonna, it seems like everything we do, we we relinquish authority over what we should own. Well, that's what I'm saying. What if I put out an application that'll give us the same type of functionality? But we own it. So the users actually own it, not a corporation or a different entity. Well, I'll, I'll tell everybody this. I, I, that has already been established. Um, and I was going to mention this in the beginning of the call, and I forgot. But if people go to lawfulamerica.solutions and you click on the red pill in the top left corner, that will take you to our own Facebook. And it's not Facebook, it's our own format. It's very similar to Facebook where people can like, share, put in pictures, comment, and things like that. What did and you say that? that is, our, it's called lawfulamerica.solutions. <clears throat> and um, that's operated in a domain outside of the continental United States of America. Okay, it's showing Canada as far as that goes, which is fine. Yeah, it might be Canada. That's very possible. Uh, but uh, one of the gentlemen that is in charge, because it's been taken down two or three times, but one of the gentlemen that is in charge of keeping that up and running uh, used to work for the federal government at a very high level in computer work. And through learning all this stuff and everything, um, he's decided to retire probably at the ripe old age of, I don't know what he is, 27, 26. <laughs> yeah, he decided he didn't want any more part of what was going on and time to start moving on and doing things that will better humanity. Okay, good. Thank you. I don't I don't get on there a whole lot. Uh, mostly what that site is best for is its resources. Um, uh, DW uh, spent many, many hours putting tons of info there. Uh, the file section is huge. Um, and on the top right-hand side, I believe it is, 
Um, I also asked him to put in a beginner's section, which he did. So people that are complete newbies to all of this kind of stuff can go to the beginner's section there and start learning. Okay, good. And uh, no, just from my end, thank you for all the good work, whoever did this. And I'm, I'm just reviewing it right now as far as I go. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like you got some good sources. I, just like Family Guardian, and uh, there, there's some other ones that have done an excellent job for decades, uh, you know, compiling information and making it available so people can learn a little bit. And, you know, you brought that up. Um, something I don't know if is listed on there or not, but uh, Musicians for Freedom uh, by Avan uh, Janisha. She is a member of the group. I highly recommend people go look at uh, Musicians for Freedom. That is a very, very good page. I presume they're all musicians? Um, you know, I think it might have started out as being one thing and morphed into something else. But Musicians for Freedom, their page, content-wise, is pretty similar to Lawful America. Okay, okay. It, it may not have file sections or anything like that, but, it, but it's got lots of resources. Um, lots of things from people like Kurt Kallenbach, um, I'm not sure if Ken Dost has stuff on there or not, but uh, there's Jordan Maxwell's there, I'm sure. But yeah, just a lot of incredible, incredible resources. Are, are there any people on the, and, and excuse me, uh, I was just thinking here, which is a dangerous thing. Anybody on the call that's uh, involved with or supporting uh, her brothers mostly that are local prisoners at the time and are involved in what's going on there. I know John Lamb is, for example, but I didn't know if anybody might be on the call. I know Steve Brandt is. He's a member of the group. I don't know that he's on the call, though. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm on. Oh, how you doing, brother? How you doing? Good. Sneaking in here. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've actually wanted to bring you on to talk a couple times, actually. Oh, Lordy, not me. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. It, it, I, I've listened to a couple things you've done, and uh, you're a very knowledgeable man. I mean, you've got plenty to share with people. Um, I'm still I'm still learning. I'm learning the hard way in some cases, um, but uh, I'm trying to pick it up. I'm I, I, I never wanted to be a lawyer. I still don't want to be a lawyer, but, you know, uh, it looks like you just about have to be a lawyer to understand, to get any place with this stuff, you know. And the call earlier started out, you know, we're all sovereign. I just, I'm still scratching my head trying to figure out if we were all sovereign in this country, how in the heck do we got to work so hard to be free? I just, I haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, a lot of people well, just keep on fighting, and it's not even a battle you should have to fight. No. Um, I think one of the problems is with that is that 
it, it's it's like when you stand in court and the administrator is looking at you and says you, you. Well, the, that judge, the court administrator, isn't talking to you specifically. They're using that word you in a general term, uh, meaning all of you enemy combatants. You know what I mean? And the problem is, is that everybody has been so indoctrinated into thinking that everything is one way when it's actually something completely different. And that's what makes it very difficult. And that's part of the reason for having to rebut the presumption, because unless you rebut it, they're going to think that you're a you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I, and I, Steve, I think you're completely right. Um, I've had experiences with attorneys that I've been dealing with where I talk to them about things and it, it's like a deer in headlights when I talk to them. And it's like, wow, are you telling me that I know more about law than you do? And you know that for a lot of us, that very well could be the position because I think them going through their bar exam or whatever, and their schooling, they learn procedure. They don't learn law. They learn procedure. They learn how to file things. They might learn how to argue some things. You know what I mean? But when it comes to law, they don't learn that. You and I, Steve, and Sovereign, we learn this stuff here. Yeah. A thing that I've seen um, in my cases here, I'm I'm still going on in one case here. It's, It's going on 17 months on the traffic case and everything that I've turned into them, whether it's an affidavit, a notice or anything, a motion, it's been ignored. And I think the biggest part of that is is because I'm not an attorney. So they they just they disregard or even acknowledge that I exist. Um and what I've seen from the judges or the administrators in these traffic cases seem to conduct the courts without input from the state's attorneys. So I agree that you you said that these, these people go and, and they go to school law school and they learn procedure, but they don't actually know the law because the judges are up there orchestrating the whole thing. That's what I've been seeing. Yeah, and that seems to be the way it is. And they're probably even told in law school, don't worry about it. You're going to have a a judge up there, and they know the law. They'll make sure, you know what I mean? Yeah, they'll cover for you when you make a mistake. (laughs) Right, and they will cover for them because they all belong to the same private association, the same private membership association. Right. Now, who is... Right before I got back on the call, saw the mayor was wanting some information about something, um, and you mentioned that I was involved with him or something. Oh, uh, he was asking about if there's anybody involved with trying to help free our um, brothers who are basically hostages by this corporation. Well, there and is so I mentioned one guy. Uh, his name is Thomas Deegan. Uh, yeah. He is in he's in jail right now, and Phil Hudak is doing everything possible he can to try to. There, I, 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 my last um, communication seemed that uh, Thomas Deegan was coming up for some sort of parole hearing or something. Uh, I haven't heard no more yet, but but there's there's one guy. Um, 
whether you want to blame him or not, uh, I was on the call that night when this statement was made, and I felt, and I even uh, even gave this to Phil, I felt that, that Thomas was set up on this call by the guy that was uh, on the show. So He was on that call, and I agree with you 100%. He was set up. That guy was an agent. Yes, I, I firmly believe that. And uh, uh, right there, uh, National Defense Authorization Act nailed him just... Even, you know, your freedom of speech was taken away. I mean, you hear all the time on these camera, uh, the cops with the cameras on, you hear them all the time. You move, I'm going to shoot you, I'm going to kill you. Well, that's face-to-face. You know, Thomas was set up over a a, a talk show of of making that that remark toward a cop, and it got treated differently. I, you know, so... And if I may, he didn't. What he was asked a question: If the cops come up and pull their guns on us, what should we do? And he said, "Shoot them." Right. Because so, he, yeah, because he was putting it to the aspect that they he knows that if they come for him, that's what's going to happen to him. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So you know. And then that show that he was on prior to that night, or after that night, um. That guy was an agent, and he came out and said he was an agent. Yeah, on that call. I don't. I don't. Wasn't on the call after that. Uh, I was 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 a talk show. There was a talk show call um, after that. That everybody. There was a bunch of people on Thomas's call, and and then they said, and I got on late, and they they were just leaving. And they they gave out a number to get on this this the show that Thomas was supposed to be on with the so-called alleged leader of all the militias in America or something. Yes. And he was a young punk cussing like a you know a sailor, and uh, <laughs> and and that guy never showed up to that call. And this guy dressed Thomas down uh, up up one side and down the other. And he came right out and said he was an agent. And he said, we don't care what you do, you know, uh, you know, about this government and blah, blah, blah. And that was a total setup that night. And then, uh, you know, that Friday, the Friday night uh, call, the Curry with Curry and uh, Steve Rice, Steve Rice was was killed the same night that Deegan uh, got raided and went to prison. Really? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I have to agree with Thomas. Uh, I had talked to him numerous times. He was very gracious to spend time with me and stuff. And I want to put I'm sorry. I'm Dave in the thumb. I was, I, I reached out to Thomas and was, you know, I thought we were friends. Um, He mentioned you. Yes. Dave in the thumb. Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. What's your name? Steve Brandt. Steve what? Brandt. Brandt? Like Rembrandt? Yeah, Rembrandt. Oh, Brandt. Okay, I'm sorry. Yep. I just recently uh, friended you there on Facebook, so. You did? Okay. Yeah. So... Thomas had a a hearing recently, did I hear you say? I got... had some uh, action in the background here. Yeah, Phil. Phil occasionally keeps in contact with me, informed of what's going on and stuff. It was been pretty quiet, but now um, here a week or so ago, it seemed like he sent a communication to me that that there was a possible parole hearing or something coming up for 
for Thomas. Oh, wow. I hope he, man, I really hope he gets out. Wow. I don't know if he's going to be getting out. Uh, they've been, uh, the, last, uh, the, the last few here about six months ago, they were taking him from one place to another, not telling nobody. His mom has been really, really bummed out on, on uh, how they're dealing with this uh, with him. Wow. Uh, diesel torture. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, same way we're doing with the Bundys. Right. Yeah, it's too bad we can't get him out, man. They're really they really railroaded him. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean he I listened I listened to these the court hearings, uh Phil had them recorded and um uh, Thomas was just handing their, their butts to him left and right. Um their their courtroom was no different than any other courtroom. Uh, the 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 attorneys, even his own attorney, was was against him, <laughs> and basically refused to allow him to speak for himself. But he did manage to get it in. Uh, but the the judge and state's attorneys all played the game the way they wanted to. You know, I mean, he was just uh, Thomas was just like you said, just railroaded, plain and simple. Another kangaroo court. Yeah, but like Tom Thomas and I did talk. The only way we're going to be able to to solve that problem of these corruption corruption in these courts is we've got to come up with the enforcement. We've got to come up with something to go in to hold them accountable because him, Phil, and the other guy, his Gene. What's that? Gene. Gene, exactly. Yep. Thank you. Uh, they were doing everything right, and yet they were. Thomas was labeled a, a domestic terrorist, uh, an extremist, I guess, if you want to call it, overdoing the right thing. So Thomas was very much on on saying the, the problem we're going to have trying to right the wrong is is the enforcement of it. Because absolutely, that I I spoke to him on that on many occasions, and. Uh, um, you know these criminals are scared to death of of you know thousands of Thomas Deegans showing up and uh, and just removing them from their their unlawful uh, seatings, uh, if I may. And uh, you know I, I think that's the problem. They're they're scared to death, so they're desperate. They're they you know they're like uh, cornered raccoons or something. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, and they're all working for the devil, and they know it. Yes, and 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 while while um, um, Brian, uh, hopefully, is still on here, I, I do want to thank Brian for the communications that and and him working with me on on learning a lot of this other stuff. I mean, uh, I've listened to probably several different people, you know, trying to figure out this process, trying to you know do it the right way, and. and it seems like after a period of time, it something happens and they disappear. And then I'm trying desperately trying to find somebody else, and, and it don't seem like it lasts for very long. And and it seems like any time I get a hold of Brian and I, I got a question, he's got the answer. So you know, I want to get a give a hats off to Brian too. That's pretty scary, right? You know, February 22nd was a, a communication from Phil about Thomas's parole hearing uh, in April, so it's coming up. 
Oh, okay. So it's it hasn't happened yet. I see. Right. Well, I appreciate that update. Thank you. Sure, sure, no problem. Well, I want to say this is Brian. You know, I appreciate that, Steve. And you know, I try very diligently to be attentive to people when they contact me and everything. And I've had a lot of people. I've seen comments on other places like on Facebook and things where people have been talking about uh, tactical sovereignty in the group, and they're like, I can't believe it's even still up. I can't believe they haven't taken it down yet. I hope Brian's making preparations for something else, uh, which I do I do have a second group, which is called Origins of Eternity by Tactical Sovereignty, and in Origins of Eternity is where I've put a lot of spiritual things because the more you start learning about these things, you find out that oh, this is a spiritual battle we're in. It's an absolute spiritual battle we're in. Uh, Alfred Adask, yeah, Alfred Adask even identified that in his case because them dealing with um, a, a drug cause against him, then you know he, he went right into their laws and, and their laws. Wasn't that the Utopia Silver case? With Alfred? I, yeah, that's very possible. It sounds familiar. I believe it was Utopia but, Silver um, that he was working with uh, during... Oh, the, he's worked... He, he's... Right. Yeah, he was a... He was the fiduciary for their trust, if I remember right. correctly. Yep, and they were trying to shut them down from producing silver, and they were telling... <laughs> they were trying to call colloidal silver a drug. Right. And if you get into uh, the definitions for drug and for medical devices, uh, for just about every state and at the federal level, it uses the term uh, humans and other animals. That's right. And when you look at humans and other animals, it's like, wait a minute, they are calling humans animals. They're not saying humans or animals, they're saying humans and other animals. You know, and this goes back to the point of being sovereign. If we are made in the image of our creator and he is the sovereign, then how are we an animal? Absolutely. And I believe, I believe what he filed was a, uh, I, I can't remember the exact terminology, but it was a religious complaint to the case, which actually moved the case into judges chambers, which they like to do because, you know, a case like that would, turn everything on its head. Um, 70% of people that are in prison right now are in prison over drug-related charges. And so that would be very devastating to them. And they couldn't have something like that come out. And, you know, as far as our political prisoners go, you know, one of the things that I try and share with everybody and tell everybody all the time that they need to look into is what is really running this land right now. And what's running this land is the Libra Code. Um, somebody was even talking about that in our group chat today in Tactical Sovereignty. It's the Libra Code. And the Libra Code was set up by Sir Francis Saber, was the one who wrote it, and he wrote it for Abraham Lincoln because Abraham Lincoln basically wanted rules of engagement for dealing with the people during the Civil War. And 
the Libra Code was supposed to be abolished in only one of two ways, by a congressional decree or by a vote of the people. And neither of those things ever happened. Uh, they made sure and got rid of Abraham Lincoln before that could happen, because I think they kind of liked the Libra Code. And if you read through it, you'll find why different things are happening today to our political prisoners and just to the average men on the street and women on the street that are going on. Um, and as far as people being pulled over and they've got happen to have ten, fifteen thousand dollars in cash on them, and that money gets confiscated and never returned back to them, well, go read the Libra Code. That will tell you why. Um, but you'll also find remedy and cure in the Libra Code. Um, I stood uh, I stood on Article 53 of the Libra Code. I used Article 53 and um, the aforementioned uh, First Amendment as far as taking care of my status. And Article 53 of the Libra Code was that if the American Army uh, should find in a group of captured people, clergy or hospital workers, that they should not be treated as POWs and should be set free unless they choose to stay and administer to the group. And so I became ordained. Uh, to me, that was a way of me saying I've chosen sides. And that is the first thing that is always mentioned whenever a police officer pulls me over. They say, oh, you're a minister. Or, oh, you're a clergy. And my traffic stop normally lasts no more than two minutes, literally. They run back to their car, run my name, come right back. It's bing, bang, done, gone, no ticket, no nothing. <clears throat> so, you know, I think we really have to study and research what's going on, what is running the whole system. And uh, I think we're <coughs> – sorry <coughs> – I believe Rand mentioned in the, in the chat. Yeah, right. Um, I, I think Rance mentioned in the chat uh, something about court of record, and I think that can be used as well for these political prisoners. And I think it's next week we're having Justice Mickey come on, and she's going to be explaining court of record for everybody. She's very, very well versed in that. And that is where... You are establishing your court as a sovereign when you come in. And what you're doing, the motions, that's what stands. I was wondering if any of our political prisoners had, uh, you know, tried to stand on their sovereignty or went in as uh, special appearances and called question jurisdiction. Some American, I, I think, yeah, I, I think I may have heard one or two of them. Maybe uh, I, I think maybe Ryan Bundy did that. If, uh, I, I don't know. Steve Brandt might know more about that. Yeah, Thomas. Thomas did that uh, highly. Uh, Seth V. Trust. Um, he laid it on them, um, and they shut him down. Uh, even his own attorney. Uh, Interrupted. I mean, it was it was really a, a, a full blown kangaroo court. Uh, they proved nothing. They answered nothing. Just like you know, just like I said in, in, in my traffic cases, I've I've take, been going for this for 17 months. 
They refuse to, to acknowledge anything. They say the paperwork is unintelligible. Uh, you are just, in front of these people, you're just a nothing, you know, and that's how they treat anything that comes out of your mouth. It, it's They play dumb. You know, we're told and when you go to court and it just, or, or even a, a, you're stopped by a cop, do you know why I'm doing this? And you always answer, no, I do not understand. That's basically what what the, the, this was going on in Thomas's court case. Everything that they throwed out there, they didn't acknowledge. They didn't know nothing about. They they, they called it basically uh, garbage. <laughs> I don't. I can't Fri- remember exactly frivolous. what the judge said. They like using the word frivolous. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> it was more. It was an insult. It was a, it, it, the the. Whatever I can't remember if I can find that. My other computer took a dump on me, and I know I had it on there. If I can get that other computer back up and transfer that that hearing back over, I'll get a hold of Phil. He he most certainly has it because I I I'll look on my YouTube. I think I posted one for him because YouTube refused to allow him to put it on there under copyright infringement or something. And I and I'll have to see if I still got it. Um, but they actually just basically was trying to deem him as crazy, as as what you know they were trying to label him of being incompetent to represent himself, and that's why that attorney sat at the table and basically uh, was confrontational with Thomas at times. It was unreal. <laughs> if I may, Steve. They think we are all crazy for trying to take on their criminal system. I agree. I agree. Well, you know, I I think people, we all hear this word freedom, and on 4th of July, everybody's waving the flags, and we're free, we're free. I mean, I've even had conversations where people have gotten my face and really wanted to fight me over the, the talk of freedom. You know, because we don't realize what freedom really means. You know, freedom is told to us in in one form, and so we think it means something, but it means something completely different. According to the cabal and according to the government or the corporation, rather, I have no problem with governments. I think governments are great. Governments are needed. It, It helps in commerce. It helps in dealing with other nations. Unfortunately, all these governments have been pushed to the side, and corporations have been put in place by the Bar Administration, and that is what's controlling everything now. And according to them, the word freedom actually means you being submissive to them. As long as you are submissive to them, there's going to be freedom. But if you're not submissive to them, there's not going to be freedom. And If I may, Brian... Uh, you know, I wouldn't even care if it was a corporation as long as they weren't corrupt. Right. But unfortunately, I think corrupt is in the name, within the name corporation, almost as a sigil. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd like to say something. Uh, Steve, it seems to me if your case has been going on 18 months yeah, that, yeah. That that seems to indicate to me, number one, you've probably done something right, or I don't think it'd be going on, be drag it out that long. My experience yeah. is they drag it out because simply you keep volunteering, 
and I'm, I'm talking about myself, for example. Well, they did. They've each time they've made threats that if you don't show up, we'll put a warrant out for you. So under threat, duress, and coercion, yes, that's exactly what's going on. Um, my last, my last appearance, my special appearance, uh, I uh, requested that my case be removed to the proper court under their own Illinois uh, statute and codes. Uh, for common law, under the Common Law Act here in Illinois. Of course, they wanted me to argue it, and my response was, I don't need to argue that. It is no argument. So, of course, they just went ahead and did what they wanted. So now I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to get my case to the federal court now. Uh, I'm not going to wait on them. So that's another step that I'm trying to learn here. So, <laughs> have you found? Have you counterclaimed or anything like that? Not yet. No, I haven't. No. Okay. Uh, like Steve, this said, is Brian. Huh? Steve, this is Brian. I, I was going to ask. Um, have you asked them for the matrix of your case? Yes, I've I've, I've challenged jurisdiction even in habeas form. Uh, Twenty. No, not jurisdiction. Not. Not yes, jurisdiction. I, have you asked them? Have you asked them for the matrix of the case? No, I, not not in that that exact term. No. Yeah, I would ask them for the matrix of the case uh, because that's going to be the original document that they used that they're establishing everything on. All right. Right. And, and if anybody can get their hands on that in their case and ask for the matrix. Uh, make sure to have a pen in your hand and flip that baby over and pay it to and for the United States. Uh, you can find that in U.S. code how to do that. And that nullifies that document. That document is worthless to them anymore. I'm trying to remember. You sign it. Uh, uh, okay. I, I'm not going to say how beat myself up here trying to think of what you sign it as. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> been a two and four, yeah, two and four, um, the United States or whoever you're dealing with, whether it's a city or a county or a state, uh, pay it to their order uh, without recourse. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There you go. Yeah. If you're like signing a check. And, uh, right. And because that's what it is. That's what it yep. is. And that's what they're basing their bonds on. Because they've got bonds running against that matrix right now, right? Well, they and they're making money. They, they, I, I put in writing to them. I, I sent them a notice that I need in writing where they get their jurisdiction, their oath, and their bonds. I wanted in writing replied back to me, and they ignored it all. I mean, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, in my in my research, as far as uh, oaths and bonds go, I want I, I want to touch on those two topics because a lot of people don't really they hear so much about it, but don't really realize what it's all really about, what it entails. As far as the oath goes, <clears throat> um, if I have an oath in my home as a child to my father, I will abide by his rules. When I go to somebody else's home and this guy says, you have to do this and this, and it contradicts the rules of 
my father's rules at his home, then it's void. Okay? So these guys that are in the courts, whether they're court administrators or prosecutors, defense attorneys, whatever, they have an original oath. And their original oath is to the bar. I have talked to people from the bar administration and asked them this, where um, they've gone in and they've gotten sworn in to work for a county or whatever, and they've taken oaths. I've asked them, I said, wait a second, they're taking an oath. Didn't they actually take another oath to the bar? Oh, which one is greater? And they come back and they say, the oath to the bar is the one that stands. The other oaths don't mean crap. Okay? And that's what people don't realize. Um, that original oath they take is to the bar administration. Period. That's what I that's need. That's the only one that holds water. It's not to the Constitution. It's not to anything else. And they're probably not going to share that with anybody. They don't want anybody to know about this stuff. And as far as their bonds go, um, a lot of states, I know California, the bonds were all relinquished. They were all knocked out. And I think that's happened in most states. And these these actors, whether they're acting as a police officer or Leo, or they're acting as a prosecutor, or they're acting as an attorney, or a judge. Hey, Brian, we can barely understand they I have don't understand you. You're oath. kind of reverberating. Well, I don't know why. Uh, they have to take out private insurance. It's uh, not a bond like we would think. It's that private was in the insurance. form of a bond, wasn't it? Right. But yeah. it, 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 it's not done. It, it, it's not backed by the corporation or whoever. Right. Now, see, Illinois here, I've got proof off of the Illinois State's Attorney's own website that anything that they do compensate or or gain is done for the Crown. I mean, it, it states it right on their website. <laughs> it's it's unreal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it states it. I, I could forward you the link, and you could read it for yourself. You know, uh, I had somebody try to tell me that 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 that's only um, a general term or something, a general statement. You know, and I'm like, once it's stated, it, it once it's stated, it ain't that a fact? I mean, it's right out in the open for everybody to see. But that's one of the reasons why I really try and get everybody to go and research the labor code and read it. Because one of the things that it tells you in there is that the standing army, which is what we're facing right now, that's why you see that gold fringe flag in the courtroom, all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. We're facing a standing army, and the standing army can choose what rules and regulations or constitution for instance of the land they want to follow and which ones they don't want to follow because they're essentially a private membership association and so if they want to follow their stuff they can follow it if they don't want to follow their stuff they don't have to follow it and i've seen examples of that over and over even when i've been in court but when i see it i can identify it because i know this it's like oh I, now I see what they're doing. I know what's happening here. Yep. 
<clears throat> it's just like when I was, uh, I have a guardianship over somebody, right? I don't like to say over. You know, he's like a brother to me. But I've got a guardianship with somebody, and I, I was in court over that several years ago. And the case ahead of me, people were wanting to transfer guardianship from one individual to another. And the the first party was trying to explain uh, the person's lifestyle and what they do and where they live and this and that. And the court administrator came right out and she said, listen, she said, neither I or the court care about the individual. We care about the person only. Right. Which... I mean, to me, that was a big flag right there uh, because every year at the end of um, the period for the guardianship, you fill out two forms. One form is for their social life. The other form is for their financial life. One is for the man or woman. The other form is for the person. They only care about the financial stuff. They only care about the book ledger. They only care about the person. I was looking on Facebook here. Somebody was asking about the link to the call, but it says the, the content isn't available right now for Solve and their uh, website or uh, Facebook page. I'm sorry. That's because the call's still being recorded. Oh, okay. Huh. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Somebody posted that to me too, and I was confused. Well, you we went ahead and disconnected because I put out a message. See if anybody was still watching. I got no response, so I discontinued. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. Oh. Well, do you want a number posted so they can call in, or, or you get close to ending? Well, we're just over two hours now, so yeah, we're probably about at the ending point. Okay, I'll leave it alone then. But like I said, I think, I'm not sure, I'm going to have to double-check my uh, calendar, but I think next week is uh, Justice Mickey, and we're going to be going over a court of record and how to establish court of record for your case. Because like we've been going over since the beginning of this call with Sovereign America, we are the sovereign. We are the one that establishes the authority. So, and that's the way the cases should be run as well. If they want to bring us in, then we're going to bring our court in with us. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. Hey, Steve, I'd, I'd like to touch base with you later if you want to drop me a message on how to contact you. Sure, sure. All right. I'll drop it on Facebook. Yes. Yes, Steve and Salvador, I would love for you two to get in contact. Um, I'm it really kind of blows my mind that you asked if there was anybody around maybe on the call that had anything to do with our political prisoners. And so the first thing that popped in my mind was Steve's name. And for Steve to have been here, it really shocked me. I didn't, didn't expect you to be here, Steve. I'm glad you were. Brian, I'm yeah. trying to learn this stuff. I really am. It's, you know, I'm getting old, I know, and I just started getting in this about three years, three and a half years ago after my daughter passed. And like I said, I, I've talked. Sure to several, I've been in on rod classes, 
uh, his classes, um, uh, Gene Wright, um, just numerous people, and, and and then all of a sudden everybody would get into a fight, and and the calls would end, and I would be searching around to try to find people, and it just seemed like I was learning all over again. I was what I had been listening to now was different, and I try to. I try to talk to different people. I mean, I try not to be a burden, but I'm trying to learn this stuff as much as possible. I may not retain it as easily as a lot of other people, but I'm sure I'm I'm trying to pick this stuff up to be able to, to stand in court and 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 present myself as got some intelligence to the fraud that's going on. <laughs> well, it's good uh, that you've done something right with 18 months. So I'd like to take a look at that and see what that may be and be as support as possible. Right. Yeah, my next my next my trial date is supposed to be in May sometime. I remember the date. So um um I wanted to probably submit a statute of limitations that ran out because it's been uh, a year and a half, so uh I really uh I I've had uh, my truck was stolen from me by the cop, he arrested me, even violated their own statutes on that. Um, you know, I'm, I want compensation. I sent them an invoice. They were invoiced three times and acknowledged that they have it and never rebutted it. So I'm getting to the point where I really want to get serious about this and make them pay. That's the only way they're going to learn. You Have know. you filed uh, criminal charges with Hartford Van Dyke's criminal complaint form? No, I haven't. No, Are I you haven't. familiar with that? No, I, I've, I've, been, I've talked to some people about the criminal complaint, but that was as far as it went. If you uh, go seven, to four, seven years for most statute of limitations, but yet uh, after that, uh, there's no limitation on fraud. If you right. go to Hartford Van Dyke's, uh, information it's on four dash cd dot com for the number four dash cd dot com that stands for four corners doctrine um, dot wordpress dot com and there's a Hartford Van Dyke section and all this information is there it's all free and you can uh, download PDFs and all of his books are there. Uh, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. Um, you know everything Hartford's done is is posted there. Okay, I'll, I try. I wrote it down. I'll see if I can find it. If not, I'll message. I, I got a message anyhow. So okay, that'll work. I appreciate that information. Oh, anytime. Well, you know, gosh, this has been a great call. Uh, actually, Steve, I want to touch base with you on something. And it's been probably a year or so since we talked, but you had, and this is something that everybody will relate to or touches them at some point. Um, you had like a problem with code enforcement or something at your abode, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I served them. I gave them. <laughs> it was funny too. Um, I, I sent them uh, certified mail, a, a, a conditional acceptance letter, and I, I ended up going to the hearing about that. And uh, I, the lady was sitting up at the little desk there, the high and mighty desk there, and 
here comes the inspectors and blah, 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 you know, and they looked at me and, you know, they were like, uh, okay, well, uh, go ahead and, and read off the charges. And I say, first of all, before we even get started here, I says, uh, can somebody tell me where you guys gained jurisdiction with me and, sh- and prove to me that my property is being uh, used as in commerce? And they all stopped and looked at me, gave me that, uh, how dare you, you know. And Send, and send them some 1099s and uh, you'll, you'll, you'll <laughs> rattle their cages and get your truck back and everything. Well, oh, on, on, on my traffic case? Okay. Uh, well, I was talking about my code enforcement here uh, on my house. Uh, they, they well, what that has to do with it also, I mean, any case. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So anyhow, I I stood there and I let them rattle off and rattle off, and and the uh, the, the the dude inspector for the county he says, oh yeah, uh, yeah, we we received a couple of letters from Mr. Brandt here. We took them to the state's attorney. The state's attorney handed back, told us, oh, well, those were homemade. And I looked at him and I says, what does it matter if it's homemade or not? I'm not obligated to play in your system. And he just shut up, you know. And this lady was sitting up there playing God like she was my boss. She looks at me. She goes, uh, do you understand? Are you are you not going to cooperate? I says, well, do you understand that you need to prove your authority over me? You need to prove that, that I'm acting under commerce, and you need to prove to me that you have to say so over my property on how it should be kept. She says, well, I'm going to take that as you know, you're not going to cooperate. And I said, you take it whatever you want. Now, can I go ahead and leave now? And she just, her mouth came open, and she looked, and she says, well, I think I'm just going to forward this to the state's attorney. And I said, be my guest. Thank you. See you later. And I walk out. I haven't heard nothing since. So they're either they're either dropping it or they're trying to load some guns up. But how, how long ago was that, Steve? That last December. <laughs> maybe they're maybe they're trying to uh, make a homemade letter. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I hand wrote the thing out. You know, I didn't care. I, like I told them, I'm not obligated to play in their system. It don't it don't affect me. You know, and, uh, and I, awesome. look, I love it. I love the look on their face. I mean, I when I walked out, I had a smile on my face, and I'm going, I'm I'm either I either made them feel bad or they're going to make me feel bad. But I had to smile and say, you know, it was just funny to look at them standing there trying to be high and mighty over me, and then I shut them down. They closed their mouth, and they didn't say no more other than we're going to forward this to the state's attorney. And I said, hey, do whatever you want. Have a nice day. See ya. Well, you know that—that's good to hear because I mean that sounds very similar to what was going on with me, because I live in a highly populated area. I'm not in city limits, but you wouldn't really know it. I mean, it's very populated. I'm lucky to be in a place where I'm at the end of a cul-de-sac. I've got a big pond behind me, uh, lots of mango and banana trees around me, and things like that. And so I had chickens and. Uh, turkeys and animals different uh, running around here and everything. And uh, they came and put a notice on me, you know, that, oh, I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that. 
And I, I think that's probably what Steve saw, and that's why he contacted me. Mm-hmm. And But I had sent them back their notice, and I had it uh, notarized, what I had written on there and signed. I signed it as witness to a crime. And that, number one, they didn't have jurisdiction over me, uh, just like Steve just said. And well, you, well, you I didn't notice this, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Right. And what is it? For but I, beg your pardon? I said, what uh, is I was it in the middle of saying something. What is what? A notice? Mm-hmm. Uh, a notice is you, you're forwarding your info and you're standing to somebody else. Yeah, I'm just trying to uh, get your evaluation to tell you how to defeat this is what I'm saying. See, we're, we're all controlled well, by words. Well, I just yeah, notice mine. means no tice. They're not to entice you. They're they're sending this not to entice you, not to you know entice you or anything. It's just like a subpoena. Not many people realize what a subpoena is. Sub means under, subpoena means under uh, penalty, threat, force, duress. In other words, so uh, you don't have to comply with that. But um, we need another words and things and and actual you know definitions of these things to uh, rebut them. You oh, you're it. absolutely correct, and that's one of the things I try to explain to people is you've got to get into what the words you got to break them down. Um, mm-hmm. I've got an etymology site that I use all the time. I've posted it to Tactical, um, it's probably mostly in the comments, but I post it because I, I use that to show what I'm standing on as far as the definition. So that, of the let's words. use these two in context real quick. Notice, no ties is not to entice you. So, for instance, I was in a notice years ago and uh, for me to appear in court. I said, I appreciate the notice not to entice me. And I wasn't enticed, by the way, so uh, I wasn't going to show up anyway, in other words. And uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate the offer, but um, I will, I think I said something like, uh, I will kindly and respectfully uh, decline. Thanks a lot. And sign my name and so forth and send it to him. Boom. Didn't hear a thing about them. Thank you for the. Thank you for the invitation, but no, thank you. Exactly, and the same with the subpoena. By the way, it's like you're you're under. um, Impina means you can look this up. By the way, sub means under. Impina p o e n a p o e n a. Pina means uh, under penalty. It means penalty actually, but penalty is under force, threat, coercion, and so forth. It's under duress. So um, you write the same thing out in uh, in that matter, and let them know that um, this is under threat, force, and so forth. That you know their little, you know, game, and that you can't be compelled to contract under duress. You see, it's that right. easy. Right. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, you can't. And, and that and that's basically what I what I sent back to the uh, code enforcement office. And two days later, uh, I went to their office to find out what they had. And uh, the lady in charge looks it up on her computer, and she says, oh, well, this case has been closed. And I said, oh, okay, that's all I need to know. And, but she wanted to find out more. So she went to, like, Google video or whatever, uh, photos, to look at the property. And she said, yeah, I don't see any problem here. And I said, yeah, of course not. But and by the way, about and by the way just... Late, about, I was going to say, about two weeks later, that, that same code enforcement officer 
because I've got cameras all around here. I, I saw him uh, walking on the property again, and I went out and I said, oh, are you looking for something? And he said, oh, I just want to make sure the situation is closed up. And I said, you already closed the case. I said, but since you're on the property, I said, I need to see your administrative warrant because people don't realize that code enforcement cannot be on your property without administrative warrant unless you've got like a chemical spill or something that is an immediate danger to everybody. Oh, exactly. And getting in this context right here, a lot of people need to do a lot of things. Number one is take themselves off the tax roll list. It's an easy thing to do. Yep. But they won't do it. Look up the Bowen Rocco show. Look up the Bowen exactly, Rocco show. Exactly, exactly. They that guy right there, he, he he was telling the truth. That guy was from your area too, I believe, wasn't he? Uh Steve, yeah, he's from North Yeah, America. Steve, exactly. Um, yeah, so he was over there and then um also it's the purple paint law and it goes way past what they want to tell you with the Texas law because that's bullshit. It dates back to way back in England times, all that bullshit back then. It's the purple paint law of the uh four boundaries of the property, right? Um, who is speaking right now? Who who's speaking right now? Oh Sean, how you doing? Oh, okay. Well I got gotcha. I I didn't get catch your name earlier. Thank you. Oh, I didn't give it, but then again, okay, yeah, thanks, appreciate it. Who is this? <laughs> this is Steve. Steve, I thought so, okay. Um, and there's, uh, you know, the four uh, four boundaries, right? The uh, four boundaries of the property paint with uh, purple paint. It's the, uh, it, like I said, it dates way back. I have the uh, documentation on that, but um goes back in the day of the royalty. Uh, you paint in four, you know, the four corners of your property. And um, what is the other thing I was going to... Oh, the signs in the yard. There's several signs that you can post, no trespassing and so forth and so on. There's so many things. Take your ass off the tax roll list, though, because you're a non-commercial... <laughs> you're a non-commercial entity, right? Actually, even if, if I may, Even if you're Sean, an entity, you're not commercial, right? If I may, mm-hmm. that uh, no trespassing is a misdemeanor, no trespass is a felony. So you want to have a no Correct. trespass sign? Well, well, I'm not, I'm not stipulating that. I'm just saying, yes, either way, you know. Well, I mean, when you yeah, when you have a no trespassing sign, then the you know the powers that shouldn't be, they know they can come on your property. But when you have a no trespassing your, sign, yourself off the tax it makes it more one. difficult for them. They know that 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 means business, and they they mostly follow that rule. Yes, but if you've taken yourself off the tax roll list and also done the uh, four corners of the purple paint law, which dates back, like I said, longer than the Texas bullshit law they talk about. Uh, It dates back back into the English times, like the Shire, the Reeve times, you know, sort of thing. So, um, so many things, you know, it's like uh, I've taken so many people out of foreclosures and so many other things. It's crazy. And that's one of the things I've done, too, is you go out and you look for signs to use so you don't have to make them yourself. And you've got to go and take the ING off of them, you know. If they've got it, you know, in white over black, yeah, I get some black spray paint, get rid of the ING so it just says no trespass. That's right. Period. I got a good thing, and, and in. Well, I don't, I don't know that there really get, matters in this age of time with so many things that we can do underneath that they have, you know, that we can interlock and go for them with. But, um, 
You know, if people realize what's really going on underneath, we'd all be going for our Laudio titles that the actual local courthouses are holding against our own will, against our own living property, and they're holding collateral. You see? Hey, Brian, I got a great sign. Due to the high cost of ammunition, no warning shots will be fired, and if you can read this sign, you are within range. You're too close. (laughs) I've posted that before. Yeah. Brian, if I may, you, know, you, see yeah. the, you see the little things they put yes. on the mirrors, on your rearview mirrors when you're when you're going down the road. It's like if you're too if you're too close, if you're too close. Brian, if right, I may, I, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, if I may. Is this ranch? Yes, it is. Was we How done with our wrong? guests? Because we kind of walked over them for a half hour. Yeah, I know. I, well, yeah, him and Steve were talking in and out through this last half hour a little bit, and I really appreciate Sovereign American coming on here. And this call has gone on for going on two and a half hours now. So, how do we um, get in contact with Sean? Sure. Uh, yeah, it's Sean. I I hear Sean on Angela's calls as well, and he's got great info. Uh, Sean. Can you give us some contact info? On um, where? On yourself. Oh, uh, where how you, where does, you how need does to reach me? Speak at? to you. Um, oh, you Facebook can speak to me in many different whatever. ways. Uh, just ask. <laughs> I'm oh, on we're, Facebook. We're I'm everywhere. Uh, Sean we'll Lane. On. Sean what? Okay, Lane. Lane. L L A N E. I think he's yeah. He's a member of Tactical Sovereignty. I used to be. Oh, you used to be? Mm-hmm. Why you why used to be? Why used to be? Uh, that's a big thing. I uh, think you know, mom told me he couldn't see, be part of it anymore. I, I see a lot of people getting arguments and things like that. And myself, I, I let that crap roll off my back. Because I know there's so many agents out there just trying to push buttons on you and things like that. And this is Brian Parker from Texas. Okay, Brian, then let it roll off and, your back, dude. And, and that's what I do. I, I blow it off, you know. And well, you because, know, hey, I got nothing bad you know, to say about you, though, except you put my number out there. That was it. You're, you're, I, I know who you are. and But you we're know. all going to find good info from each other. You know what I mean? And I, and I said truth the other day, right? Remember? Yeah, my only problem with you is I couldn't talk to you. You just wanted to rattle, 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 and I couldn't even ask was, anything or say anything. It was good information. I, I had, I had uh, yeah, I know it was, but I, but I couldn't find out what I wanted to find out. You just wouldn't stop. So Contact my team leader, Lamont, and he will tell you and all And Brian, if me. I may... Sean came on Hartford's call and disrupted that and disrespected Hartford and got I in a big did, fight with I everybody did, on that call that. Wait, wait. And, and caused a lot of problems. Let me explain something real quick. I'd never, dis- I'd never disrespect him at all. You know what? You I? might say that. You might think that, but you did disrespect Hartford and many other people on that call. I was there. I, is, I'm is that why I got And everybody on that is call that will come on I, and I tell you the like same thing. Even your, buddy, from even your buddy Lamont was on that call, and he said you were disrupting the call. No, and he, did not. no he did not. No, he did not at all. He did not. 
and you just keep talking, talking, talking. No, you won't let anybody else talk. You come over on these calls and you try to. Why take are you them yelling? Over. Why are you yelling? Are you <laughs> Why serious? Am I yelling? Because you don't let anybody You're talk. You're insane, bro. Dang, bro. And, yeah, man. And it's okay. Oh my God, right? Wow. And, 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 and,